she's been wandering when we're going down to the riverside. Welcome to Cheese Underground Radio. I'm Jeannie Carpenter. Thanks so much for joining us. This week, we sit down with master cheesemaker Sid Cook, owner of Car Valley Cheese in Wisconsin. In just a couple of months, Sid will celebrate the 50th anniversary of earning his Wisconsin cheesemaker's license. You might think that because he's spent a lifetime over a cheese vat, he might be ready to retire. But you'd be wrong. We learn about new American originals he's cooking up and hear from a few of his industry colleagues about the difference Sid Cook has made in American artisan cheese. Stay with us. Today's Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Dairy Connection Incorporated, supplier of cultures, enzymes, cheesemaking supplies, and trusted expertise since 1999. A family-owned business based in Madison, Wisconsin, the dedicated Dairy Connection team takes pride in its commitment to be the premier supplier to artisan, specialty, and farmstead cheesemakers nationwide. To learn more, visit dairyconnection.com. Hey, Sid, this is Norm Munson, Department of Ag. Remember Department of Ag? We keep up on, we, we check in on cheesemakers, make sure everything is going good. Well, anyway, Sid, uh, happy anniversary. Um, and I just want to say that uh, to you and to a lot of people, the work you've done through your vision and just your passion and caring has made the lives of a lot of farmers better. Your vision to start using goat milk and sheep milk and blending it with cow milk and all those creations that you came up with and creating new markets. I know it was good for Car Valley and good for you and I know you had some headaches doing it, challenges, but sometimes the story isn't told about uh, what that meant to so many small farms, people wanting to start or transitioning, and what Car Valley and Sid Cook meant to them. So to you and your family and everybody who's been involved with Car Valley, um, thank you. Keep up the good work. That was Norm Munson, a 25-year veteran at the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, congratulating master cheesemaker Sid Cook on his upcoming 50th anniversary of earning his Wisconsin cheesemaker's license. When we sat down with Sid last week to talk cheese, and I mentioned that he was coming up on a half century of cheesemaking, at first he didn't believe me. He took a second to do the math, and before he concluded I was right, he revealed he'd actually been making cheese for several years with his dad before he ever got his license. Here's the thing about Sid Cook. He never stops working long enough to think about how long he's been working. He may get a little good-natured teasing from his peers once in a while for no longer being in the cheese room every day, but that's because his time is now more valuable thinking about what new cheeses to make. And just to be clear, he's already made enough cheese in his lifetime for perhaps two or three people. Okay, so, well, I was looking at your new website, which is really nice, by the way. Thank you. It looks very nice. And I was reading the history tab, and um, it says on there that you got your cheesemaker's license in 1968. Yes. So I'm I'm counting on my fingers, and this tells me you're going to be coming up on 50 years next year. 
right? Um, count, count with me. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me think here, yeah. Yep. That's a long time to make cheese. Well, they actually made cheese longer than that because I was making my own vats when I was 12 years old. Wow. Um, you know, I, I always really enjoyed being in the factory and, and, you know, you open the kitchen door and I just walk out and the vats were there. We had uh, two 12,000 pound vats mm. and um, they had wood sides and there was a press in, in the middle and there was an intake with a can washer and, and uh, there was a, a separator and, a, and a, a reservoir tank for the whey that we would pump the whey up into this tank and then uh, it would drop down gravity feed into the separator to get the whey cream out. Wait, so what had wooden sides? The vats? The vats. Really? Back then sure. they could have still have wooden sides? Oh, sure. Huh. sure. Yeah. Yeah, we had wooden sides until probably 67, 68. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. See, I just have always thought we we're America, land of stainless steel. No, and then after that, they were, um, they were actually steel painted sides. And then um, the stainless steel came later. Hmm. Do you remember what the first vat of cheese you ever made was? It was cheddar. It was cheddar. How many vats of cheddar do you think you've made? No idea. I would really have to. It'd be a lot. <laughs> be a lot. Yeah. Well, I was in the factory all the time and, until about 2003, maybe 2002, 2003, 2004, and then um, we were. Well, you know, there for a while. I was making cheese at the factory at Boston, and then when I would get finished up. Uh, for the day, once the cheese was in the in the forms or in the pre-press, then I would go down to the Laval factory and make cheese too. Mm. So, um, um, and I was doing that till probably o two o three. Those then, were long days. Yeah. making cheese in two different cheese factories. On well, the same I'd day. have milk running running in the vat at four or ten after four in the morning. Yeah, and then um, um, I'd finish up at Laval one or two o'clock and then I would I would do accounts payable and uh, uh, accounts receivable for um, that particular uh, for the Wisconsin Pride plant and or its cold storage and then I'd take a little nap under my desk until the phone rang and then I'd and wake up finish up and go home start over the next day. And how many years do you, do you think you did that? Mm, from 75 to 2003. Wow. So anyone that says, oh, Sid Cook, he doesn't make cheese anymore. Uh, you made a lot of cheese for I a lot of years. I've probably forgotten more about making cheese than some people know. Yeah. Yeah, I've made 40 or 50 different kinds of cheese. Um, the recipes that we have for our artisan cheeses, those are recipes that I developed. Um, so yeah, I've made a lot of yeah, you've put in your time and then some. Yes, Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So how do you come up with new recipes for, for all of your American originals? Well, there's making? thousands of different cultures to choose from today. And, um, you know, we're buying sheep milk, goat milk, cow milk, and then you can mix the milks together. So, um, you know, you can make a different kind of spaghetti sauce every day. And it's the same with 
with cheese, you know, you can develop a recipe, um, make that type of cheese, and then you take it in the direction you want with the affinage by what temperatures you're curing at, if you're curing real cold or warmer. Um, so, you know, you have, um, you know, what do they call it, tabla rasa, you have a blank slate. And uh, with us, we've, um, we've had cheese stores where we could uh, sell those products and develop them, improve them, and see how our public, uh, how our customers liked it and what they liked, well, then we would um, make more of and sell and then take it out to distributors. And, and uh, you know, generally, by what our consumers and the people in our store liked, uh, that works well with, um, with the rest of the people, rest of the country. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty brilliant strategy to have your own set of retail stores and, and they're kind of like your own um, focus groups. Well, we made our first artisan cheese in uh, about 1980, and it was, uh, it was actually a cheese that was developed by um, uh, Dr. Price at the University of Wisconsin, and it was called Dairy World. And nobody knows about this cheese. Dairy? Dairy, D-A-R-I world. Okay. Dairy world. Okay. And it was developed at the university, and everybody's forgot about it, but a few people know about it. And um, the recipe was in uh, one of Wolster's practical cheese-making books. And I, I, actually got a, an, I actually got a call from a guy in Chicago, and he says uh, he was looking for a dairy world, and I says, yeah, I, yeah, I know that. But we would only made, maybe make one or two vats a year. And really, that was kind of the start. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty good cheese. I could sell that. And so uh, we started making it after I bought the Laval plant, and we sold Sid's Dairy World for years and years and years and years. And then we started making all these other things. And then um, it just kind of faded, and we haven't made it in a long, long, long time. It's just one of the cheeses that we don't make anymore. Well, you know, you could bring it back for your 50th anniversary of having a cheesemaker's license. Uh, yeah, that'd be like next year. <laughs> so you can feel free to give me commission on that idea. Um, we've got enough different cheeses going <laughs> that we're not going to revive anything from the dead. You know? <laughs> There'll be no resurrection of that one. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I can, only, I can only imagine because walking into your... Your retail store here, you've got, what, 75 different cheeses for sale uh, out more, there? More than that. Yeah, and more than that. how many do you have like in your head or in production or in experimentation at any one time? Do you, I mean, do you even know? Can you even keep well, track? Well, we've kind of slowed down a little bit on that. We are doing, we have a new cheese that will be coming out um, this fall or, or winter uh, once we get a label going for it. And... Uh, um, we're going to call it Fontina de Provence, and it's Herbe de, Herbe de Provence on uh, the outside of uh, Fontina. Oh. And it, um, we've worked with it for maybe two or three years and sold the samples in our store, and it flies out, and people really like it. It's a, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful cheese. And so uh, we're going to do that, but, you know, we kind of limit. Uh, we, we've got so many good cheeses that we don't sell in volume now. And... and uh, you know, uh, you, you know, for the most part, everybody wants to know what's new, but for us, we've got to have a certain volume to, for it to move and for it to sell right. and everything. So, 
Right. So that's a new one that's uh, going to be coming out. And then we um, did our cheese sticks this year. Uh, we have five of those. And uh, then uh, we're the, really the first artisan cheese company to come out with something like that. Mm -hmm. we're doing, like little, little um, single-serve packages. Yeah, single-serve. Yeah, snack, like little snack packs. Yeah. Like Lunchables for grown-ups. Yeah, lunchables for grown-ups and kids. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot of moms that are looking for a, a, a goat cheese or a sheep milk cheese for um, kids that may have allergies to cow milk. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to do that. And then we did some, uh, we did a smoked uh, white cheddar. So on the outside ring, you can see the smoke. And what we do is smoke a bar and then we cut it into one ounce. And then we did a chipotle cranberry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of cheddar out there. There's a lot of... Um, pepper jack and you know maybe some aged cheddar but nobody has really done anything with um, some you know really good artisan cheeses or you know much with flavored cheeses so yeah you, you can go to a convenience store and you know get the, the little sticks of the the Colby Jack cheese right. or whatever but, right but you don't you're not finding any of those in goat milk or sheep milk cheese right. or exactly yeah. and, and so we wanted we wanted to do that and uh, it seems like uh, there's been a lot of interest in it. And then as well, we did a bread cheese stick, and that's going to weigh a little bit more than an ounce. Um, and then, um, of course, we're doing the, we're doing the butters uh, with sheep milk, or sheep cream, goat cream, cow milk cream, and, and uh, um, melange, the mix of the, of the, of the three. And then uh, right now, it's packaged in cups. It's an eight-ounce, half-pound cup. But uh, what we plan on doing is, a, is, as I mentioned earlier, we'll do a quarter-pound print, which will be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So your your butters will be like in these three by three-inch squares. Three with, by with three foil. by about an inch or three-quarters yeah. of an inch. And nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Well, that's what we. You know, I mean, why? You know, why do you need another quarter-pound or another pound of? You know. Uh, cow milk butter that looks the same is wrapped the same you know it, so you know we feel it has to be special and we want to make it, you we want it with our whey cream and and um, you know we want uh, that's that's what we that's what we want so it sort of seems to me that you you look at the market or you go to a grocery store and you see what's on the shelf and you seem to have this amazing ability to see what's not on the shelf and then you think about it and you make it I don't, yeah. I don't know if you if you think about yeah, it that way, yeah, but that's I, what I, I see do. You doing. I do because I really don't. You know, um, you know, I don't like to do things that other people are doing. At the same time that Sid Cook was making cheese, he was also busy creating a business dynasty. Today, he owns and oversees four cheese factories, eight retail stores, and a significant mail order business. In addition to a robust wholesale and food service distribution line. It's a dramatically different business model than his parents and grandparents operated under. As cheesemakers, they crafted 60-pound commodity cheese blocks and sold them green, or not aged, to a large distributor. They deliver the cheese on Friday and have a check in their pocket by Tuesday. In this day and age, Sid Cook is a cheesemaker, a cheese ager, a distributor, a packager, and a retailer. He sometimes waits 10 years to get paid for his aged cheddar. I asked him what he thought the generations of cheesemakers who came before him in his family might think of where he's taken the company. 
So what do you what do you think your your parents or even your grandparents would think of what of how you've you've taken the business today? Do you think that they ever saw any of this coming, or did they or do you think they thought sixty pound block commodity cheese is always going to be the way? Well, it is? my my uncles, my uncle Gerbert, my uncle Floyd, and my dad were amazed at how the business had changed and the direction that I had taken. Um, taken, uh, you know, uh, Car Valley. Mm -hmm. My dad was, uh, was, uh, was very, very proud. And he loved to say, when people would say, I sit still in the cheese business, he'd say, yes, he just doesn't know any better. <laughs> you know, that was kind of his answer. And then mm -hmm. he had a big smile. Um, my, uh, my uncles were both just absolutely thrilled just thrilled, very, very happy and thrilled and always wanted to know what things we were doing and what, you know, what this and what that. And my mom and dad would, would come to the factory. Almost every week they would visit one of the locations. They were very, very excited about, about you know, things that were happening. And, and my mother is still living. We just, um, we had a party for her last January. She turned 100. Oh my gosh. Really? So, and, and, uh, She's so, still eating cheese? Of course. Of course. That's why she's lived so That's long. That's why she's lived so long. <laughs> yes. Cheese. It's the key to longevity. And she looks very young, too. Hmm. Yeah. That must be where you get your, your young looks from. Well, uh, yeah, I look pretty good for 85. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I'm counting back on my fingers. And if, it, if I was yeah. 85, I, know. I would look yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, though. I'm, I'm glad that that your uncles and your parents could, could see what you were doing and appreciate it because that's not always the case. You yeah. know, parents sometimes think well, to their kids, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you screwing up the business for? Well, I, you know, I think the, the one thing that they, at first they were just thrilled about was that somebody was doing what they did, okay? Because, you know, um, they made cheese their whole lives. And my uncle Floyd made cheese, I think it was 50 years, uh, pretty close to 50 years out at Bud. He built the plant, he made cheese for 50 years, and he closed the plant when he was done and sold the milk route off. And that was it. And he, I think he had won the governor's sweepstakes for best cheddar in Wisconsin four times in the 60s and 70s, late 60s and 70s. And um, so he was very proud that somebody in the family was doing that because all the small cheese factories were closing. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like today where people are starting artisan cheese businesses and have a little cheese factory. Um, the the cheese factories were all closing in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s before things really got turned around in the after um, after the turn of the century and 2000 came along. Um, so uh, I've seen a lot of changes. While Sid does not have an obvious heir apparent to take over Car Valley Cheese, he doesn't plan on retiring anytime soon. He and his wife Lisa have talked through several scenarios where he stays involved in the business, but perhaps brings in a full-time day-to-day CEO and board of directors. In the meantime, when newer folks to the industry come to Sid for advice, he's honest to the point of being downright blunt. He wants to make sure people know 
how much work there really is in making and selling cheese, and people respect that. I was just uh, just dreaming about making cheese. Debbie, my wife, and I went into CDR to, to discuss the possibilities and, and research cheese, and we met Sid at CDR at that first visit, and he was uh, no doubt developing another one of his cheeses or uh, a qualifying for another one of his master's certificates. And uh, we just explained what we were thinking of doing, making cheese on our farm from our own farm fresh milk. And Sid was very congenial and just says, well, good for you. Good luck. It'll take a few years to perfect it. But if you're serious, uh, good luck to you. And uh, realizing all of his accomplishments, he could have said, go home, keep milking your cows and leave cheese making to the masters. But he didn't. He just said, good luck. It'll take you a few years. And Sid has always been one just to be, you'll have good days, you'll have bad days, but you just keep going. And obviously, uh, him coming up on 50 years of making cheese, he obviously has had some very good days. That was George Crave, owner of Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese in Waterloo, Wisconsin, who today is nationally recognized for his award-winning mascarpone and fresh mozzarella made on the Crave Brothers farm. He's always remembered that encounter with Sid, and like most people in the industry, has great respect for how hard he works. Somebody was asking me the other day, well, are you still working full-time? And that was a hard question to answer because I'm probably only working about 40 hours a week now, where I was working 80 or 90 or 100 before. So I said, I'm not sure. I I said, I guess I'm kind of working part-time now. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, I'm I'm down to 40 hours a week. And they kind of laughed. Yeah, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> that, that's, but that, that's, all, that's what you know. That's what, well, yeah. yeah, that's all you've done. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. I, I'm not the only cheesemaker that is, you know, is working that many hours. I'm sure there's a lot more out there that are putting a tremendous amount of time in to move their business forward. So, but that's kind of what you have to do, I think. If you're interested in reading more about master cheesemaker Sid Cook and Car Valley Cheese, visit my blog, cheeseunderground.com. Our program today was produced with the help of Uriah Carpenter, who, upon the advice of cheesemaker George Crave, will probably never get on a plane with his podcasting equipment. Okay. That's a nice recorder. I know, right? Thank you. Yeah, Uriah knows how Looks to record. Looks like run something all of this. that, if you went through an airport with like that, did probably like shoot you. <laughs> It looks like an explosive device. <laughs> Our theme music was composed and performed by Point Five, one of my favorite local bands out of Mineral Point, Wisconsin. So that's it for today. Next week, we visit the brand new Door Artisan Cheese Factory in Egg Harbor, Wisconsin. We taste the new cheeses that owner and master cheesemaker Mike Burnenstuhl has up his sleeve. Until then, you can find me on Facebook, just search Cheese Underground, or follow me on Twitter, at CheeseGeek. Have a great week. Today's Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Dairy Connection Incorporated, supplier of cultures, enzymes, cheesemaking supplies, and trusted expertise since 1999. A family-owned business based in Madison, Wisconsin, the dedicated Dairy Connection team takes pride in its commitment to be the premier supplier to artisan, specialty, and farmstead cheesemakers nationwide. To learn more, visit DairyConnection.com. Hey, Sid, um, 
want to make sure that everybody knows about this and maybe you don't want them to know about it but well everybody knows you'd go up and get some awards now and then or quite often for your great cheeses that you made remember when you'd go up on stage and you'd check your phone and we would the crowd people in the crowd would be texting you to check your zipper and you always fell fell for it Sid you always on stage stop in the middle and you were checking your zipper <laughs> we uh, everybody was cheering for you Sid good luck take care guy all right. That is so good. Thank you, Norm. All right. Well, I don't know about that. He'll kill us for that one. So.